chapter thirty six of ardath by marie corelli this librivox recording is in the public domain Eliabus, some few days after the duchess's dinner-party alwyn was strolling one morning through the park enjoying to the full the keen fresh odours of the spring odours that even in london cannot altogether lose their sweetness so long as hyacinths and violets consent to bloom and almond trees to flower beneath the too often unpropitious murkiness of city skies it had been raining but now the clouds had rolled off and the sun shone as brightly as it ever can shine on the english capital sending sparkles of gold among the still wet foliage and reviving the little crocuses that had lately tumbled down in heaps on the grass like a frightened fairy army put to rout by the onslaught of the recent shower a blackbird whose cheery note suggested melodious memories drawn from the heart of the quiet country was whistling a lively improvisation on the bough of a chestnut tree whereof the brown shining buds were just bursting into leaf and alwyn whose every sense was pleasantly attuned to the small as well as great harmonies of nature paused for a moment to listen to the luscious piping of the feathered minstrel that in its own wild woodland way had as excellent an idea of musical variation as any mozart or chopin leaning against one of the park benches with his back turned to the main thoroughfare he did not observe the approach of a man's tall stately figure that with something of his own light easy swinging step had followed him rapidly along for some little distance and that now halted abruptly within a pace or two of where he stood a man whose fine face and singular distinction of bearing had caused many a passer-by to stare at him in vague admiration and to wonder who such a regal-looking personage might possibly be alwyn however absorbed in thought saw no one and was about to resume his onward walk when suddenly as though moved by some instinctive impulse he turned sharply around and in so doing confronted the stranger who straightway advanced lifting his hat and smiling one amazed glance and then with an ejaculation of wonder recognition and delight alwyn sprang forward and grasped his extended hand heliobus he exclaimed is it possible you are in london you of all men in the world even so replied heliobus gaily and why not am i incongruous and out of keeping with the march of modern civilization alwyn looked at him half bewildered half incredulous he could hardly believe his own eyes it seemed such an altogether amazing thing to meet this devout and grave chaldean philosopher this mystic monk of the caucasus here in the very centre as it were of the world's business traffic and pleasure one might as well have expected to find a haloed saint in the whirl of a carnival masquerade incongruous out of keeping yes certainly he was for though clad 
in the plain conventional garb to which the men of the present day are doomed by the fiat of commerce and custom the splendid dignity and picturesqueness of his fine personal appearance was by no means abated and it was just this that marked him out and made of him as wonderful a figure in london as though some god or evangelist should suddenly pass through a wilderness of chattering apes and screaming vultures but how and when did you come asked alwyn presently recovering from his first glad shock of surprise you see how genuine is my astonishment why i thought you were a perpetually vowed recluse that you never went into the world at all neither i do rejoined halibus save when strong necessity demands but our order is not so enclosed that if duty calls we cannot advance to its beckoning and there are certain times when both i and those of my fraternity mingle with men in common undistinguished from the ordinary inhabitants of cities either by dress customs or manners as you see and he laughingly touched his overcoat the dark rough cloth of which was relieved by a broad collar and revers of rich sealskin would you not take me for a highly respectable brewer par exemple conscious that his prowess in the making of beer has entitled him not only to an immediate seat in parliament but also to a dukedom in perspective alwyn smiled at the droll inapplicability of this comparison and heliobus cheerfully continued i am on the wing just now bound for mexico i had business in london and arrived here two days since two days more will see me again en voyage i am glad to have met you thus by chance for i did not know your address and though i might have obtained that through your publishers i hesitated about it not being quite certain as to whether a letter or visit from me might be welcome surely began alwyn and then he paused a flush rising to his brow as he remembered how obstinately he had doubted and suspected this man's good faith and intention toward him and how he had even received his farewell benediction at dariel with more resentment than gratitude everywhere i hear great things of you mr alwyn went on heliobus gently taking no notice of his embarrassment your fame is now indeed unquestionable with all my heart i congratulate you and wish you long life and health to enjoy the triumph of your genius alwyn smiled and turning fixed his clear soft eyes full upon the speaker i thank you he said simply but you who have such a quick instinctive comprehension of the minds and characters of men judge for yourself whether i attach any value to the poor renown i have won renown that i once would have given my very life to possess as he spoke he stopped they were walking down a quiet side path under the wavering shadow of newly burgeoning beeches and a bright shaft of sunshine struck through the delicate foliage straight on his serene and handsome countenance heliobus gave him a swift keen observant glance in a moment he noticed 
what a marvellous change had been wrought in the man who but a few months before had come to him a wreck of wasted life a wreck that was not only ready but willing to drift into downward currents and whirlpools of desperate godless blank and hopeless misery and now how completely he was transformed health coloured his cheeks and sparkled in his eyes health both of body and mind gave that quick brilliancy to his smile and that easy yet powerful poise to his whole figure while the supreme consciousness of the immortal spirit within him surrounded him with the same indescribable fascination and magnetic attractiveness that distinguished heliobus himself even as it distinguishes all who have in good earnest discovered and accepted the only true explanation of their individual mystery of being one steady flashing look and then heliobus silently held out his hand as silently alwyn clasped it and the two men understood each other all constraint was at an end and when they resumed their slow sauntering under the glistening green branches they were mutually aware that they now held an almost equal rank in the hierarchy of spiritual knowledge strength and sympathy evidently your adventure to the ruins of babylon was not altogether without results said heliobus softly your appearance indicates happiness is your life at last complete complete no and alwyn sighed somewhat impatiently it cannot be complete so long as its best and purest half is elsewhere my fame is as you can guess a mere ephemera a small vanishing point in comparison with the higher ambition i have now in view listen you know nothing of what happened to me on the field of ardath i should have written to you perhaps but it is better to speak i will tell you all as briefly as i can and talking in an undertone with his arm linked through that of his companion he related the whole strange story of the visitation of edris the dream of alciris his awakening on the prophet's field at sunrise and his final renunciation of self at the cross of christ heliobus listened to him in perfect silence his eyes alone expressing with what eager interest and attention he followed every incident of the narrative and now said alwyn in conclusion i always try to remember for my own comfort that i left my dead self in the burning ruin of that dream-built city of the past or seemed to leave it and yet i feel sometimes as if its shadow presence clung to me still i look in the mirror and see strange faint reflections of the actual personal attributes of the slain saluma occasionally these are so strong and distinctly marked that i turn away in anger from my own image why i love that phantasm of a poet in my dream as i must for ages have loved myself to my own utter undoing i admired his work with such extravagant fondness that thinking of it i blush for shame at my own thus manifest conceit 
in truth there is only one thing in that pictured character of his i can for the present judge myself free from namely the careless rejection of true love for false the wanton misprisal of a faithful heart such as nephrata's whose fair child face even now often flits before my remorseful memory and the evil sensual passion for a woman whose wickedness was as evident as her beauty was paramount i could never understand or explain this wilful headstrong weakness in my shadow self it was the one circumstance in my vision that seemed to have little to do with the positive me in its application but now i thoroughly grasp the meaning of the lesson conveyed which is that no man ever really knows himself or fathoms the depths of his own possible inconsistencies and as matters stand with me at the present time i am hemmed in on all sides by difficulties for since the modern success of that very anciently composed poem nur halma and he smiled my friends and acquaintances are doing their best to make me think as much of myself as if i were well all that i am not do what i will i believe am still an egoist nay i am sure of it for even as regards my heavenly saint edris i am selfish how so asked Halibus with a grave side glance of admiration at the thoughtful face and meditative earnest eyes of this poet this once bitter and blasphemous sceptic grown up now to a majesty of faith that not all the scorn of men or devils could ever shake again i want her he replied and there was a thrill of pathetic yearning in his voice i long for her every moment of the day and night it seems too as if everything combined to encourage this craving in me this fond mad desire to draw her down from her own bright sphere of joy down to my arms my heart my life see and he stopped by a bed of white hyacinths nodding softly in the faint breeze even those flowers remind me of her when i look up at the blue sky i think of the radiance of her eyes they were the heaven's own colour when i see light clouds floating together half grey half tinted by the sun they seem to me to resemble the soft and noiseless garb she wore the birds sing only to recall to me the lute-like sweetness of her voice and at night when i behold the millions upon millions of stars that are worlds peopled as they must be with thousands of wonderful living creatures perhaps as spiritually composed as she i sometimes find it hard that out of all the exhaustless types of being that love serve and praise god in heaven this one fair spirit only this one angel maiden should not be spared to help and comfort me yes i am selfish to the heart's core my friend and his eyes darkened with a vague wistfulness and trouble moreover i have weakly striven to excuse my selfishness to my own conscience thus i have thought that if she 
were vouchsafed to me for the remainder of my days i might then indeed do lasting good and leave lasting consolation to the world such work might be performed as would stir the most callous souls to life and energy and aspiration with her sweet presence near me visibly close and constant there is no task so difficult that i would not essay and conquer in for her sake her service her greater glory but alone and he gave a slight hopeless gesture nay christ knows i will do the utmost best i can but the solitary ways of life are hard eliabus regarded him fixedly you seem to be alone he said presently after a pause but truly you are not so you think you are set apart to do your work in solitude nevertheless she whom you love may be near you even while you speak still i understand what you mean you long to see her again to realize her tangible form and presence well this cannot be until you pass from this earth and adopt her nature unless unless she descends hither and adopts yours the last words were uttered slowly and impressively and alwyn's countenance brightened with a sudden irresistible rapture that would be impossible he said but his voice trembled and there was more interrogativeness than assertion in his tone impossible in most cases yes agreed heliobus but in your specially chosen and privileged estate i cannot positively say that such a thing might not be for one moment a strange eager brilliancy shone in alwyn's eyes the next he set his lips hard and made a firm gesture of denial do not tempt me good heliobus he said with a faint smile or rather do not let me tempt myself i bear in constant mind what she my address told me when she left me that we should not meet again till after death unless the longing of my love compelled now if it be true as i have often thought that i could compel by what right dare i use such power if power i have upon her she loves me i love her and by the force of love such love as ours who knows i might perchance persuade her to adopt a while this mean uneasy vesture of mere mortal life and the very innate perception that i might do so is the sharpest trial i have to endure because if i would thoroughly conquer myself i must resist this feeling nay i will resist it for let it cost me what it may i have sworn that the selfishness of my own personal desire shall never cross or cloud the radiance of her perfect happiness but suppose suggested heliobus quietly suppose she were to find an even more complete happiness in making you happy alwyn shook his head my friend do not let us talk of it he answered no joy can be more complete than the joy of heaven and that in its full blessedness is hers 
that in its full blessedness is not hers declared heliobas with emphasis and moreover it can never be hers while you are still an exile and a wanderer friend poet do you think that even heaven is wholly happy to one who loves and whose beloved is absent a tremor shook alwyn's nerves his eyes glowed as though the inward fire of his soul had lightened them but his face grew very pale no more of this for god's sake he said passionately i must not dream of it i dare not i become the slave of my own imagined rapture the coward who falls conquered and trembling before his own desire of delight rather let me strive to be glad that she my angel love is so far removed from my unworthiness let her if she be near me now read my thoughts and see in them how dear how sacred is her fair and glorious memory how i would rather endure an eternity of anguish than make her sad for one brief hour of mortal counted time he was greatly moved his voice trembled with the fervour of its own music and heliobus looked at him with a grave and very tender smile enough he said gently i will speak no further on this subject which i see affects you deeply nevertheless i would have you remember how when the master whom we serve passed through his agony at gethsemane and with all the knowledge of his own power and glory strong upon him still in his vast self-abnegation said not my will but thine be done that then there appeared an angel unto him from heaven strengthening him think of this for every incident in that divine human life is a hint for ours and often it chances that when we reject happiness for the sake of goodness happiness is suddenly bestowed upon us god's miracles are endless god's blessings exhaustless and the marvels of this wondrous universe are as nothing compared to the working of his sovereign will for good on the lives of those who serve him faithfully alwyn flashed upon him a quick half-questioning glance but was silent and they walked on together for some minutes without exchanging a word a few people passed and repassed them some little children were playing hide-and-seek behind the trunks of the largest trees the air was fresh and invigorating and the incessant roar of busy traffic outside the park palings offered a perpetual noisy reminder of the great world that surged around them the world of petty aims and transitory pleasures with which they filled full of the knowledge of higher and eternal things had so little in common save sympathy sympathy for the wilful wrong-doing of man and pity for his self-imposed blindness presently heliobus spoke again in his customary light and cheerful tone are you writing anything new just now he asked or are you resting from literary labour well rest and work are with me very nearly one and the same replied alwyn i think the most absolutely tiring and exhausting thing in the world would be to have nothing to do 
then i can imagine life becoming indeed a weighty burden yes i am engaged on a new poem it gives me intense pleasure to write it but whether it will give any one equal pleasure to read it is quite another question does zabastes still loom on your horizon inquired his companion mirthfully or are you still inclined as in the past to treat him whether he comes singly or in numbers as the poet's court jester and paid fool alwyn laughed lightly perhaps he answered with a sparkle of amusement in his eyes but really so far as the wind of criticism goes i don't think any author nowadays particularly cares whether it blows fair weather or foul you see we all know how it is done we can name the clubs and cliques from whence it emanates and we are fully aware that if one leading man of a set gives the starting signal of praise or blame the rest follow like sheep without either thought or personal discrimination moreover some of us have met and talked with certain of these magazine and newspaper oracles and have tested for ourselves the limited extent of their knowledge and the shallowness of their wit i assure you it often happens that a great author is tried judged and condemned by a little casual pressman who in his very criticism proves himself ignorant of grammar of course if the public choose to accept such a verdict why then all the worse for the public but luckily the majority of men are beginning to learn the ins and outs of the modern critic's business they see his or her methods it is a notable fact that women do a great deal of criticism now they being willing to scribble oracular commonplaces at a cheaper rate of pay than men so that if a book is condemned people are dubious and straightway read it for themselves to see what is in it that excites aversion if it is praised they are still dubious and generally decide that the critical eulogist must have some personal interest in its sale it is difficult for an author to win his public but when one the critics may applaud or deride as suits their humour it makes no appreciable difference to his popularity now i consider my own present fame was won by chance a misconception that as i know had its ancient foundation in truth but that as far as everybody else is concerned remains a misconception so that i estimate my success at its right value or rather let me say at its proper worthlessness and in a few words he related how the leaders of english journalism had judged him dead and had praised his work chiefly because it was posthumous i believe he added good-humouredly that if this mistake had not arisen i should scarcely have been heard of since i advocate no particular cult and belong to no mutual admiration alliance offensive or defensive but my supposed untimely decease deserved me better than the browning society serves browning again he laughed heliobus had listened with a keen and sarcastic enjoyment of the whole story undoubtedly your zabastes was no phantom he observed emphatically his was evidently a very real existence and he must have divided himself from one into several to sit in judgment again upon you in this present day history repeats itself and unhappily all the injustice hypocrisy and inconsistency of man is repeated too and out of the multitudes that inhabit the earth how few will succeed in fulfilling their highest destinies this is the one bitter drop in the cup 
of our knowledge we can if we choose save ourselves but we can seldom if ever save others alwyn stopped short his eyes darkening with a swift intensity of feeling why not he asked earnestly must we look on and see men rushing toward certain misery without making an effort to turn them back to warn them of the darkness whither they are bound to rescue them before it is too late my friend we can make the effort certainly and we are bound to make it because it is our duty but in ninety-nine cases out of a hundred we shall fail of our persuasion what can i or you or any one do against the iron force of free will god himself will not constrain it how then shall we in the books of esdras which have already been of such use to you you will find the following significant words the most high hath made this world for many but the world to come for few as when thou askest the earth it shall say unto thee that it giveth much mould wherein earthen vessels are made and but little dust that gold cometh of even so is the course of this present world there be many created but few shall be saved god elects to be served by choice and not by compulsion it is his law that man shall work out his own immortal destiny and nothing can alter this overwhelming fact the sublime example of christ was given us as a means to assist us in forming our own conclusions but there is no coercion in it only a divine love you for instance were and are still perfectly free to reject the whole of your experience on the field of our death as a delusion nothing would be easier and from the world's point of view nothing more natural faith and doubt are equally voluntary acts the one is the instinct of the immortal soul the other the tendency of the perishable body and the will decides which of the two shall conquer in the end i know that you are firm in your high and true conviction i know also what thoughts are at work in your brain you are bending all your energies on the task of trying to instil into the minds of your fellow-men some comprehension of the enlightenment and hope you yourself possess ah you must prepare for disappointment for though the times are tending toward strange upheavals and terrors when the trumpet voice of an inspired poet may do enormous good still the name of the willfully ignorant is legion the age is one of the grossest mammon worship and coarsest atheism and the noblest teachings of the noblest teacher were he even another shakespeare must of necessity be but a casting of pearls before swine still and his rare sweet smile brightened the serene dignity of his features fling out the pearls freely all the same the swine may grunt at but cannot rend you and a poet's genius should be like the sunlight that falls on rich and poor good and bad with glorious impartiality if you can comfort one sorrow check one sin or rescue one soul from the widening quicksand of the atheist world you have sufficient reason to be devoutly thankful by this time their walk had led them imperceptibly 
to one of the gates of egress from the park and eliobus pointing to a huge square building opposite said there is the hotel at which i am staying one of the americanized monster fabrics in which tired travellers find much splendid show and little rest will you lunch with me i am quite alone alwyn gladly assented he was most unwilling to part at once from this man to whom in a measure he felt he owed his present happy and tranquil condition of body and mind besides he was curious to find out more about him to obtain from him if possible an entire explanation of the actual tenets and chief characteristics of the system of religious worship he himself practised and followed eliabus seemed to guess his thoughts for suddenly turning upon him with a quick glance he observed you want to pluck out the heart of my mystery as hamlet says do you not my friend and he smiled well so you shall if you can discover aught in me that is not already in yourself i assure you there is nothing preternatural about me my peculiar eccentricity consists in steadily adapting myself to the scientific spiritual as well as scientific material laws of the universe the two sets of laws united make harmony hence i find my life harmonious and satisfactory that is my abnormal condition of mind and you are now fully as abnormal as i am come we will discuss our mutual strange nonconformity to the wild world's custom or caprice over a glass of good wine observe please that i am neither a total abstainer nor a vegetarian and that i have a curious fashion of being temperate and of using all the gifts of beneficent nature equally and without prejudice while he spoke they had crossed the road and they now entered the vestibule of the hotel where declining the hall porter's offer of the lift elibus ascended the stairs leisurely to the second floor and ushered his companion into a comfortable private sitting-room fancy men consenting to be drawn up to their apartments like babes in a basket he said laughingly alluding to the lift process upon my word when i think of the strong people of a past age and compare them with the enervated race of to-day i feel not only pity but shame for the visible degeneration of mankind frail nerves weak hearts uncertain limbs these are common characteristics of the young nowadays instead of being as formerly the natural failings of the old wear and tear and worry of modern existence oh yes i know but why the wear tear and worry at all what is it for simply for the overgetting of money one must live certainly but one is not bound to live in foolish luxury for the sake of outflaunting one's neighbours better to live simply and preserve health than gain a fortune and be a moping dyspeptic for life but unless one toils and moils like a beast of burden one cannot even live simply some will say i don't believe that assertion the peasants of france live simply and save the peasants of england live wretchedly and waste voila la différence as with nations so with individuals it is all a question of will where there's a will there's a way is a dreadfully trite copy-book maxim but it's amazingly true all the same now let us to the acceptation of these good things this as a pallid boyish-looking waiter just then entered the room with the luncheon and in his bustling to and fro manifested unusual eagerness to make himself agreeable i have made excellent friends with this young ganymede he has sworn never to palm off raisin wine upon me for chambertin 
the waiter blushed and chuckled as though he were conscious of having gained special new dignity and importance and having laid the table and set the chairs he departed with a flourishing bow worthy of a prince's maitre d'hotel your name must seem a curious one to these fellows observed alwyn when he had gone unusual and even mysterious why yes returned heliobas with a laugh it would be judged so i suppose if i ever gave it but i don't it was only in england and by an englishman that i was once to my utter amazement addressed as heliobas and i was quite alarmed at the sound of it one would think that most people in these educational days knew the greek word helios and one would also imagine it as easy to say heliobas as heliograph but now to avoid mistakes whenever i touch british territory and come into contact with british tongues i give my christian name only casimir the result of which arrangement is that i am known in this hotel as mr casimir oh i don't mind in the least why should i neither the english nor the americans ever pronounce foreign names properly why i met a newly established young publisher yesterday who assured me that most of his authors the female ones especially are so ignorant of foreign literature that he doubts whether any of them know whether cervantes was a writer or an ointment alwyn laughed i dare say the young publisher may be perfectly right he said but all the same he has no business to publish the literary emanations of such ignorance perhaps not but what is he to do if nothing else is offered to him he has to keep his occupation going somehow from bad he must select the best he cannot create a great genius he has to wait till nature in the course of events evolves one from the elements and in the present general dearth of high ability the publishers are really more sinned against than sinning they spend large sums and incur large risk in launching new ventures on the fickle sea of popular favour and often their trouble is taken all in vain it is really the stupid egotism of authors that is the stumbling-block in the way of true literature each little scribbler that produces a shilling sensational thinks his or her own work a marvel of genius and nothing can shake them from their obstinate conviction if every man or woman before putting pen to paper would be sure they had something new suggestive symbolical or beautiful to say how greatly art might gain by their labours authors who take up arms against publishers en masse and in every transaction expect to be cheated are doing themselves irreparable injury they betray the cloven hoof namely a greed for money and when once that passion dominates them down goes their reputation and they with it it is the old story over again you cannot serve god and mammon and all art is a portion of god a descending of the divine into humanity alwyn sat for a minute silent and thoughtful a descending of the divine into humanity he repeated slowly it seems to me that miracle is forever being enacted and yet we doubt we do not doubt said heliobas we know we have touched reality but see yonder and he pointed through the window to the crowded thoroughfare below there are the flying phantoms of life the men and women who are god oblivious and who are therefore no more actually living than the shadows of alciris they shall pass as a breath and be no more and this roaring trafficking metropolis this immediate centre of civilization shall ere long disappear off the surface of the earth and leave not a stone to mark the spot where once it stood so have thousands of such cities fallen since this planet was flung into space and even so shall thousands still fall learning civilization science progress these things exist merely for the training and education of a chosen few 
and out of many earth centuries and generations of men shall be one only a very small company of angels be glad that you have fathomed the mystery of your own life's purpose for you are now as much a positive identity among vanishing spectres as you were when on the field of our death you witnessed and took part in the mirage of your past End of chapter thirty six